barbarians, and welcome to a palaver episode. How's it going? So we decided to do a palaver because today was the start of the D&D Live Descent event. Super exciting. And we have tons of thoughts about this. Well, Rainy has tons of thoughts about this. <laughs> so I watched the opening game and the opening ceremony, the opening remarks where they actually revealed the game. Which, according to Twitter, had tons of information like already. It was front-loaded with what? Well, so the people who went to the event were basically put on a do not post anything until 2 p.m. because that's the official start, mm -hmm. which is 3 p.m. our time. Right. And the problem was at 2 p.m., the start of the event wasn't the announcement. There was a two-hour game before they announced what the system actually was. And so what happened was during that two-hour game, because it was after 2 p.m., people started posting pictures from the event and then D&D Beyond posted the official announcement for the book pre-order. Oh, and okay. then because they posted it, all of the other vendors involved with them retweeted it and reposted it. And so it was just out <laughs> during the game that had nothing to do with the, the new adventure. <laughs> it was like an RPG avalanche. Yeah. Basically. Domino effect amongst... And so if any of you were in Twitch watching the game, I was the one in there answering questions <laughs> when people were asking if the thing had been announced. <laughs> he had all the information, basically. People were like, what time zone is the schedule in? I'm like, Pacific time. They're like, has this been announced? I'm like, not officially, but it's on D&D Beyond <laughs> if you want to look. It's, yeah. it's in specific time yeah. because it's specifically at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Eastern and specific. Yeah, Eastern. <laughs> Took your dad joke. I mean, it's not really mine, but yeah, I feel you. All right. So you don't know too much about this yet. I gave you a little bit. I tried to refrain from live tweeting you because you were out broing down a little bit. True. But I gave you a little bit of a heads up about what was going on. Also true. But the new storyline is called... Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. So a little bit like last year's announcement on the stream of Many Eyes, mm -hmm. which was that it was Waterdeep, right? So there's Waterdeep Dragon Heist and then Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yeah. Um, for those of you not familiar with our podcast, we are currently playing through the Waterdeep campaign um <laughs> on our podcast series so please check that out it's called alone and unprepared in water deep that's a great voice you're like a an airline uh attendant flight attendant there are six exits yeah. we know you have a choice of podcasts and we thank you for choosing just barbarian things for all your podcast needs if you don't know how a seatbelt fucking works let me show you <laughs> put the little end into the big end <laughs> to undo it pull the thingy <laughs> Yeah, so so like that, it involves a city name in the title, which for fans of the Forgotten Realms is a big draw. Draw? Draw? How do you say that word? I'm from California. <laughs> well, I think... I think I say it draw. Well, that's the thing. When it's a verb, it's a draw. Like, you got... No, let me draw it. And then, like, 
if it's if it's a noun, you know, it's a big draw. Then like, right? It's it's a draw. How do you say that? Draw. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird because you're from like the California that's in Wisconsin, apparently. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why I can't say that word right now. Maybe it's because I had too much of this delicious beer that you brought back for me. Yeah, as a peace offering, as an American premium lager with corn and lime yeah delicious it just needs chili yeah i mean you gotta have broad appeal yeah this broad (laughs) you gotta appeal to the broad (laughs) who like spicy beer yeah which is a thing here yeah come to colorado come it's beertopia um so like the other one we're getting (laughs) off topic um it does mention a city name in the title, mm-hmm. but unlike Waterdeep, which really does focus for at least the first five levels on being in the city proper, which I'm looking forward to before you go into the whole dungeon of the Mountain Mage part. But even that you're still, you can still access Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate descent into Avernus starts in Baldur's Gate, which is as they describe if Waterdeep is... I don't know my DC towns. Metropolis. Okay. Baldur's Gate is Gotham. Okay. Well, so you do know your DC towns. I had to really think about it. There's like also the one where Supergirl takes place in. There's like Justice City or some Ew. shit like that. That uh, sounds or, pretty or something. Bad. It's it's supposed to be like DC, I think. Oh, that makes sense. Disclaimer, is like everyone what? out there who is thoroughly like roiling in revulsion right yeah. now, I've never watched Supergirl, nor do I really read DC comics. They're yeah. like the Nintendo of comic books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not into that. Not to say it's bad. It's not this indictment. It's just not my thing is right. all I'm saying. Super and great we stuff. we haven't like, I mean, except for Saga, we yeah. haven't really read a lot of modern comics either, I would say. True. Not a lot. I mean, true. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Oglaf counts, <laughs> although it is amazing. <laughs> it is really good. All right. Yeah, but I mean, it's not really, anyway. Anyways. Anyway, what is, is it Avernus? Avernus? Yeah. Ivernus? Avernus. Avernus. Which makes me laugh because it sounds like a furnace. Right. I was just thinking And it's that. the first level of hell. Oh. That's what Avernus says. Okay. So well, it makes, makes sense. sense, right? Do you have like a um, elevator pitch for... What this game is? What, well, what Baldur's Gate is. Do you have 30 seconds? What is Baldur's Gate? Go. Baldur's Gate is the shady cousin of Waterdeep. It is also a, like a trade city, but it is the crime riddled bastard child of Waterdeep's like golden city of splendor. And time. Okay, so that's what you were saying. Like, there's Waterdeep Metropolis, Baldur's Gate, Gotham. Right. It's dark shadow cousin. Exactly. Okay. Um, So the thing about Baldur's Gate and why this is an exciting pick for D&D is because so many people cut their teeth on the Forgotten Realms Hmm. playing the Baldur's Gate video games back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh And so... The alternate cover for Descent into Avernus is the Skull of Baal, Mm -hmm. which is the icon for those games. Okay. So it's very nostalgic. Huh. All right. That is cool. And I mean, 
I feel like it has this appeal to newer gamers as well because it's steeped in that history. So it has that nostalgic appeal, but also it's accessible to new players um, in the same way that a lot of nostalgia, you know, games that are coming back and stuff like that are like, it's this avenue to experience what we experienced right. back in the day, yeah. like Resident Evil remake and stuff like that. The thing that I'm a little sad about is we haven't really done that with Neverwinter yet. And right. it's like, where's the Neverwinter love, home? Imagine if there was a Neverwinter, not like a remaster, because there was one of right. those, but like a Neverwinter full-on like reboot remake, like, yeah. like they're doing with Bloodlines. Vampire, the Masquerade, oh, right, Bloodlines right, right. Two is yeah, yeah. like the anyway. Sorry, this falling off my radar because it gets announced like so many times in the past. <laughs> <laughs> actually come back. <laughs> yeah, don't don't jinx it. If it goes the like Half Life Three route, I will be very sad. Okay. So no, I'm looking forward to that one too. If it happens, I'm just trying not to think about it too much because I don't want to have my heart broken. Yeah, especially if it's multiplayer, dude. Oh my God. We won't do anything else for like six weeks. <laughs> so the thing that I do think is really smart about what they're doing with Waterdeep and then Baldur's Gate, and then who knows, maybe never winter next year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is that they're taking something where they're like, oh, here's a campaign, like an adventure line, right? But they give you so much information about the city proper that it appeals to world-building GMs because they can use it as a guide for doing their own campaign. And then you have all of the third-party writers write DMs Guild content that fleshes out the city even more. And so what they're doing is they're really giving two books in one they're giving a book to people like me who like the adventure put together and then you can just put your own spin on it and then they're also making it the same book is for someone who's more of a world builder who just wants to use the setting for their own stuff which might be like me if i ever grow balls big enough to actually dm a game (laughs) you're always welcome to i won't judge you I feel like that's a lie, <laughs> number one. No, because I just never get to two. play. I think I'd just be excited to be there, even if all you did was tell me a story. I'd be all right with yeah, that. Yeah, just that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I, I don't want to be that kind of DM where I'm like, let me tell you my story. And then you're just on rails through it. And like, eh, nobody likes that. Yeah. You know, you yeah. need to be your own character. Now, to be fair, you would make an amazing character. So I wouldn't have to worry about that so much because your character would be like mind blowing because your characters that you make are rad. So thank you. It wouldn't be such a concern. I just feel like I wouldn't be able to roll with the punches Hmm. the way that you do and adapt to all the curveballs you would. You've gotten very good at improv in the game. And I think where you would be good as a storyteller, because you are like a writer, storyteller type, like where I can read an adventure and then be flexible within it and adjust it. I think you could do that without having the baseline of an adventure, which I don't like to do. Hmm. And I could take time to think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you'd be great. But anywho. It couldn't hurt to try. So. <laughs> no, you should. You totally should. So let's get into kind of some of the the knit grit. Okay. So this adventure is levels 1 through 13. And that is Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. Yes. Okay. Um, So it's one book 
that takes you through 13 levels, which is pretty in line with the other campaigns for the most part. It's pretty substantial. Yeah. Um, I mean, the main difference between that and the Waterdeep ones is there were two books to make that happen, although it did go a bit farther as well. You start in Baldur's Gate proper. It kind of sets the tone and... They didn't want to give too much of the storyline away, but it's obvious that there are some significant people you can run into there, um, especially on the, even on the villain side. Um, they did describe that Baldur's Gate is an ideal city for murder hobos so that those people would really enjoy that part of the game. Hmm. That makes it interesting just, just because we tend to play duet games. Right. So that makes it interesting because... I haven't rolled a solo murder hobo, murder hobo like Gronk, <laughs> That's you true. know, yeah. character in a while. Yeah. So, hmm, that is actually very interesting. They're adding a bunch of new background features for people, characters who come from Baldur's Gate, because the kind of grittiness of that city would influence your character. And then the other thing that they introduced, which is interesting and that they have not done before is one of the things that you can set up in your party is that you all have a shared secret, a shared dark happening in your group's past that you don't tell anyone. Oh. And that comes into play potentially in the game. Okay. Kind of like a full metal alchemist, their secret that they right. have between the two of them, yes. but spread amongst the party. Right. Maybe. Although grandma, what's her face? And, um, Winry, yeah, they would be like in on it as well, right? So I they're kind of like the party that yeah, knows, like they know, yeah, what happened. Mm -hmm. So that's a good example, yeah. No, I think that's a great example. Pat myself on the back, yeah, pat, 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 <laughs> uh, GG. Um, so that's interesting, but the idea of the Baldur's Gate part is it sort of sets the tone and lets the party figure out that like something really bad is about to happen but they have an opportunity potentially to stop it and then that brings your group into the first level of hell and i do like the way that kate welch put it where this game the theme of it is go to hell <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game just being such a huge fan of like clive barker yeah and hellraiser you know and like how in the books like the movies obviously and always never do the book justice and how in the expanded universe of the books, you know, you have the concept of the Reavers as like an alternate force to the Cenobites who were like, you know, the Cenobites are stealing souls to hell, you know, to, to tip the scales in Leviathan's, favor and then you have the reavers who are like no we're gonna we're gonna reset the scales and and rescue these stolen cell uh, souls from hell so the whole idea of questing into hell for a purpose is super intriguing to me i love that whole mythology so i can't wait to make a righteous character like that especially for other reasons we'll get into later so I'm assuming you don't know much about the first level of hell. Of course Of the not. nine hells. No. So the first level of hell is a war-torn region. 
Because this is where devils and demons fight each other for superiority in a many thousand year battle called the Blood Wars. Okay. And so the thing about Avernus, about this first level of hell, is that it's basically a wasteland mm-hmm. because it's a war. It's like just battle scarred. Yeah. And they've actually like teleported parts of cities from other worlds to be part of their battlefield and then destroyed them and stuff like that. Huh. So it's just this weird alien destroyed architecture everywhere. I see. Um, obviously it's horrible and being one of the hells for many that are there, it is their personal hell. It is the thing that is worst for them. Huh. And so you have tortured souls like throughout this. Yes. A celestial battlefield, I mean, yeah. I, I guess. Well, I mean, less celestial because it's demons and devils. Celestial is more a- angelic. Right. So this this infernal battlefield. Yes, exactly. Um, you have tortured souls scattered amongst it. And as you can imagine, traversing such terrain would be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so because there's this plethora of materials from all these various planes that they've brought in here. It's very easy to cobble together and customize a war engine. Nice. And so a big part of the game building off of the vehicle rules they made for salt marsh for your ships and things like that is building your own Mad Max (laughs) hell tank. (laughs) Oh, it's so great. So, that's why I was saying I, I can't wait because making this like righteous iron for war forged um, like paladin who is on this quest to fight his way through the levels of hell for whatever his quest is. And then he, you know, lashes together this, this war machine that, the way it works is he kind of melds with it. You know, he doesn't get into a driver's seat. It's almost like, like a be- mech. Yeah. He becomes this Batmobile style thing <laughs> and like, and goes through and, and, and all that. that. It also is kind of evocative of, um, iconic Penny Arcade, you know, mm. that strip where he's like, shut your damn mouth <laughs> up till now. I've been polite. You say one more <laughs> yeah. word, you know, that strip. Yeah. And now he's like, I'll lash together a vehicle of like bone and blood and bore a war <laughs> hole between Basically, that world and this, that one. Some of Jerry Holkins best writing yeah. in comic form. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's, that's great. I, I want to get it tattooed the, on me somewhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I, I want to Pam Poovy that. Yeah. How awesome would <laughs> that, that be? be? So cool. Oh man. Yeah. That, that is fantastic. All right. So obviously you have your, your hell machine mm-hmm. that you use to traverse the terrifying landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, and amidst this battle, which the idea is that some people who are aware of it in the material plane are thankful for it because if demons and devils are fighting each other, they're not paying attention to the material plane. But something is simmering, and that's why the party decides to go down there, if they do. But the interesting thing about Avernus is kind of at the front line of this battle is not 
your typical demon or archdevil. It is someone else who went down here a long time ago, saw how bad it was, and decided that maybe if they stayed, they could make a difference. Huh. And that is a celestial... What? An angel, functionally. Yeah, okay. <laughs> named Zariel. Hmm. And she stayed down there and is now an archdevil on the front lines of the blood war. Wow. And she probably thinks she's still a celestial. Those are the best villains. No. And so that was the whole point. What Kate Welch was talking about in the talk that they did was they wanted a villain much like the more modern Marvel films where you sympathized with yeah. what they were doing. Right. Cause what they're because her intentions are good. Yeah. And their, their methods are, are super flawed. Yeah. <laughs> and so and their zealousness kind of clouds their judgment. Kind of the main NPC in this adventure is Zariel. That's cool. Yeah. I'd like to have a word with the naming convention for angels. Cause they always end in L or eel. Yeah. And I mean, that's cool and everything, but it's just become so tropey now. Like, well, I mean, it's just that it's, I mean, the influence of old biblical texts. Yeah. But, I know. You know, keep it, keep it, keep it real. Yeah. I feel you. It's, 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 <laughs> it's working in the genre yeah. and that's, I respect that. I'm just saying. So I think they've done a great job not oversharing cause that's really all we know about it to this point, they have released a few videos talking about some background of Baldur's Gate, background of Avernus as a whole and things like that, but not really getting into what the conflict is. And I think that's really smart because I think spoilers can be fine for DMs, but rough for players, mm. especially since one of the powers of a DM, like one of our abilities is to change it. Like yeah. to take what's there and make adjustments for our group. Oh, right. And so kind of being able to manage player expectations on a DM side can be very important. Um, but if all the players have heard what the game is supposed to be as written, that can be really difficult. Yeah. I mean, it could kind of mess things up, you know, especially if you have a player who in good faith has played before, right. but is, is, is sort of working towards this expected outcome and then if, if that is changed, you can feel as though you kind of had the, the rug yanked out from under you. And that's never a good feeling. So that's the main campaign that was announced. Hmm. They did announce a couple other side projects, <laughs> um, as we say. Um, and one of them is called the D&D &D Essentials Kit. Huh. So you may be familiar with the starter kit because we have that. Right. Which is the little box with the... Um, Lost Minds of Fandelver and some pre-generated characters and the basic rules. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so the Essentials Kit kind of expands on that. So it's sort of like the starter set in that it does have basic rules, but the rules this time include character creation rules. So huh. you're not using pre-gen characters. It has a new adventure. It's in Fandolin which is the adventure setting in a surrounding area. Um, and then the interesting thing, since we, like a few other D&D podcasts, play a one-on-one -on -one game, mm -hmm. it has the official new rules they've written 
for playing D&D one-on-one, one player, one dungeon master. So no one knows. Well, I mean, someone knows, obviously. <laughs> but officially, like we haven't seen what those rules are yet. But it'll be really interesting to see because they're saying that they're... they. So a while back, they released um, what are called sidekick rules in Unearthed Arcana, which, as you know, is kind of the unofficial test rules. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they modified sidekick rules to be able to work one-on-one, which makes me think that it works a lot like the game we're running now, where you have NPCs to kind of draw from, but that don't take center stage from you. That does make sense, given the, you know name sidekick yeah so it'll be really interesting to see what the official rule set is for one-on-one play and how that compares to games like ours games like me my wife and a die games like D &D duet um like that also play D &D one-on-one without officially having a rule that lets them do that yeah you gotta kind of homebrew it right and so we all have our own way of doing it and then obviously a bunch of people in their normal lives adjust it. So how are we doing it versus what is their official stance on how it can be done well? Man, that would be so cool if there was a good bit of overlap as far as that's concerned. Yeah, how, it would be kind of that be? good reinforcement. Yeah, right? yeah. That would be very um, vindicating. Um, and then the other thing, kind of as an aside, we won't get too much into it, but just for your benefit one of the other announcements was that they're releasing an official box set adventure for dungeons and dragons versus rick and morty what yep so it'll be a little mini adventure levels one through three but it's rick and morty themed i mean all right so a good like one shot sort of like um having people over for a game day you could probably or like you know a couple of short sessions i'm sure you could probably get through it yeah, or just to introduce people to the game. That's This is something I've been hoping for. Like, there needs to be something that is ideal that you can do easily in one night with new people right. and introduce them to it and just show them how awesome it could be, give them a, a fantastic experience, and then after that you can be like, but wait, there's more. Right. You know? No, and, and I think awesome. that's fair because I think pretty much across the board everyone thinks that lost minds of fandelver is an excellent beginning adventure the problem with lost minds is it's not short so you can't use it as a rules introduction where we're going to play a test session so you can learn kind of how the game works and then we'll start a real game it's a decent chunk of game Mm -hmm. because it's levels one through five. And as you know, just playing out of the abyss, you guys haven't even reached level five. Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) No, what I'm saying is that takes a lot of in game time. Like it's a lot of encounters. It's a lot of puzzles. It's a lot of travel usually for your characters to get that far organically. And so having something like this that's a little bit more compact and has a familiar license that's kind of fun and a little less serious can make it easier for people to get into it without feeling overwhelmed by like playing it right. Cause mm. they can kind of be a silly character instead. Yeah. And so there's less pressure, I think to do the D and D thing. Right. Yeah. 
So I agree with you. I think that's a, a good direction for them to go in. It's mm-hmm. sort of in line. They did a special set for um, Stranger Things as well. Oh. Um, but I think this one will definitely be for kind of like the 30-something crowd especially because I think that's where like 30s to 40s I think is where Rick and Morty's like sadness with the universe really hits home. <laughs> um <laughs> I think that's the crowd where if they haven't really gotten into it at this point, it, it will really work for them. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. It could be a good hobby for when you're staring down the barrel of your 40s. <laughs> <laughs> it could help you channel some of that angst. <laughs> so, yeah, um, obviously, there's not too many details yet. Um, I can tell you that just like last time, and you know this because you got me the Waterdeep books for my birthday. I did. The new books come out in September. That's when they come out. Because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I can now say that my birthday is new D&D storyline time because now it's yeah. established. And then, this is the second time they've done it that way. Yeah. it's it, There's precedent and like, what, reinforcement? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the first time it's coincidence. Now it's a thing. Right. Yeah. Kind of like Rick and Morty seasons. So season four coming out in November. On your birthday. Right. That's like a, a first time thing, I yeah. think. So. Well, because they just release it, whatever. Yeah. They kind of do whatever <laughs> they want, which is another thing that's like near and dear to my heart. Like, when's it coming out? When I release it, bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, I, can, I can relate to that. Obviously, along with this main campaign release means that there is a platinum edition um, Grim and Beetle box. Um, which has like, you know, physical versions of the handouts and miniatures and maps that go with the game. Mm. And just like last time, it's 10 kajillion dollars. And by that, I mean about $500, I think, (laughs) Um, which is, I mean, basically the same thing as far as we're concerned. (laughs) It is funny to be on Twitter, though, because I'm like doing my little Twitter thing, like, I'm a cool podcaster person. I'm tweeting about this thing. And then like people who are way more you know, successful than me in this medium <laughs> right. are like, yep, already pre-ordered it. And I'm like, you were just like, yep, here's 500 bucks. I'm just going to throw that over there right now. I'm like, how, how do you do this? I will never see this props <laughs> in anything but pictures on the internet. I mean, you know, tr- probably. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. No, cause they sell out really fast cause they only do the platinum editions only have a certain number and then oh. they're gone. And that's like, part of their appeal. Yeah, it's like up. you're one of the few tables where you can hand out these things because no one else has them. And then you have to be super precious about them too. Yeah, you know. For me, it's like as you know, I love physical handouts. I know. I and, love if and, we have an in-person game. I love that stuff. And they're fantastic. So, so the idea of getting really one cool. sounds awesome, but obviously that's a little bit outside our or like ability to do realistically, especially not knowing it when we're going to finish our other campaign and when we'll get to this one, then it sits on a shelf, like just waiting, (laughs) waiting for its opportunity. And I mean, it it also kind of takes away the, the feeling that you can make your own because you've made a lot of your own physical stuff, like for Call of Cthulhu and everything. And it turns out fantastic and it looks heck a pro, you know, 
You made some tables that I straight up thought you downloaded from an official (laughs) like thing. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, these are really cool. You should talk about where, where people can download these. And you're like, they can download them nowhere because I made them. To be <laughs> like, fair, a lot okay. of the things that I make our patrons can download on patreon.com slash just barbarian things. <laughs> well, there's that. But <laughs> but I'm just saying. Yeah. You make some pretty rad stuff. So you don't necessarily, you know, need Yeah, maybe the I'm prefab. just more the Deborah Ann Wool type where I make my own handouts right and arts and crafts and are also super hot so So there's Um, that but yeah so there is i mean i like that and i like that they're successful like this is you know i think the third one they've done now because they did water deep they did salt marsh and they're doing this one Mm -hmm. and then salt marsh because it's not i think that one's like a silver edition or whatever which isn't quite as expensive um, but yeah, so there's, um, that option as well, uh, which I think is really cool, especially for people who like having that tactile part of their games, but don't necessarily want to figure out how to put that all together. Yeah. No, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and that company is, uh, headed by Matthew Lillard mm-hmm. and he's pretty cool. Oh, the stuff they produce is a million percent worth it. It's super expensive, but it's not a ripoff. No, I think the idea is, and if you have a group that works this way, it works out really well, but that if you're running, if you as a DM are running a game for a standard party of five people, you can take the cost of, you know, the book. Well, usually I want to say the platinum editions come with the book or something like that because, you know, it's expensive, but you can be like, okay, our next campaign that will probably be running for two years because we're human people with lives, Mm -hmm. right? Is this, everyone throw in blah dollars and that handles it. You know what I mean? And so I think that's kind of the idea for like most tables is you could make it work that way pretty easily with a decent size group. Um, And a table like ours where it's usually like, you know, the hosting house like buys the materials sort of thing, it is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Oh, there's nuance to it, but I, I feel like at the end of the day, you, you still don't feel ripped off because no. sometimes you buy that, you know, super uh, director's edition collector cut of whatever and you get it and you're like, oh, okay. It's just yeah. this cheap, oh, these janky little shitty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I think video games are starting to become notorious for that. Where, yeah. You know, you get the like platinum ultra blood soaked edition of whatever video game and it, and it costs has, like, $200. And that you don't yeah, even use yeah, that Right. You get some shitty gun that's not even good at level one and it only goes up to level four and then you get like a little plastic character that's not even painted it's just like cast in those colors and shit like that you're like oh thanks like gone are the days of the the halo like actual helmet right you know and shit like that that you got for like a hundred dollars two hundred dollars so these things for 500 you get your money's worth no absolutely i think if that's something that's within your budget to do it's totally worth it i'm just acknowledging that it's not within every table's budget to make that happen including Hours. Yeah, including ours. Because <laughs> I would love to do the masks of Nyarlathotep, oh, like prop box, or even like the deluxe edition of um, Horror on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. Like 
those are things I would love to be able to do, but they're just like for our table, they're a little bit out of reality. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would like want to take the whole party like to the range and stuff like that. And this is an actual 1911 45. <laughs> so just so you know why it's so hard for these characters to do stuff. Right. I need you to hit that target. That's got like tentacles on it. And I'm going to like scream in your face the whole time or something like that. And then It'll scare and, you a lot. Right. Right. No, right. That sounds that, like a horrible time. That sounds like a really bad idea. And like, the opposite of what you should do <laughs> just public safety announcement yeah don't do that right right not being it's for jokes literal it's for here it's just for jokes but it is you know people watch the walking dead or whatever where you know you have like uh, the bus driver you know i mean mad love to my bus driver brothers and sisters out there i'm just saying maybe marksmanship isn't in your wheelhouse if you're a full-time like whatever else so the point is you have just normal people who've like never even touched a gun before. And then they like all of a sudden zombies. And so now they're like sprinting full speed, turning around and just busting off headshots one handed and then turning around and keep on running. And I'm like, no, no, they take practice. No, that's not how that works. So people are used to seeing that. And so then, then they go into call of Cthulhu and they're like, Oh, my character, like, picks up a gun and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, so, you know, you are a worker in a secretary pool and whatever, you've never even touched a gun before. And, you know, the shocked that the difficulty is like a million percent. So, yeah. So right now, so through the rest of this weekend, I'm not sure exactly when this podcast goes, but I'm going to try to get it up this weekend. So it's relevant. Yeah. Um, they are doing actual plays like, based on the actual storyline. That's what I'm missing right now while we're recording is the first game in the Descent storyline. We're missing the first game to record this? Yeah. That's dedication. (laughs) So I'll have to go back and and rewatch it later. But yeah, they're running them all weekend. So if you want to get a heads up about kind of the feel of the world, definitely go check out the descent stream they're on three different channels on twitch there's dnd live and then there's like dnd live two and three or whatever um the schedules on dnd.wizards.com you can go there and see and if there's a certain streaming group or podcast that you like you can see which channel they're on on which day um but they'll all be running games based on that and then for those of you that are fans of saga the official wallpaper that they've been using to promote the event is um by fiona staples so (laughs) so you didn't know that i didn't know that oh and she's so awesome and Um, that's awesome and so now that you kind of know what the story is about the art makes a lot more sense um so definitely go to the website because you can actually download the wallpaper for free on dnd.wizards.com and uh yeah and get like hella hyped for the new storyline i'm going there right now So obviously we are running Waterdeep, which came out last year. We had a little bit of a late start with it because it was something we just sort of started doing on our own. Um, But I think that we can definitely be at a place where hopefully we can we can jump into the descent uh, since it sounds like something that's kind of up your alley as far as interest. Absolutely. Just it ticks so many boxes. I mean, 
you've got Mad Max, you've got the Eternal War, and just, oh man, so much awesome stuff. All right. So again, this was a palaver. Uh, For those of you not familiar, we tend to do a little talky episodes every once in a while, especially if something interesting comes up or if we've had an experience or heard something from our other gamer friends that we thought is worth talking about. And so we'll be back to our normal actual plays right after this. We just wanted to give you a heads up on our thoughts about the announcements for the Descent event. So until next time, everyone, spend your rage wisely. And delve into the deeps of Avernus.